0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming into you on your speakers or headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Rahul from Connecticut, and I have Alex here from Massachusetts. How are you doing, Alex?
1: Doing well. What about you? I'm
0: doing good. It's good to have you back. Yeah, it's
1: nice to be back. Um, It's been a crazy couple of weeks for everyone and with the Euros going on. So we've got plenty to discuss. The transfer market's swirling. Um, And if we want to get right into that, actually, some of the new stuff that's broken today on the transfer front, we've got Jaden Sancho finally looking like that multi-year transfer saga is nearing completion. Supposedly, that is all done. Fabrizio has confirmed it. So for those in the, the footballing world, we know that that is pretty much the gold standard of reliability. Um, so with Jaden Sancho going to United, that opens a few doors. Maybe people think it shuts a few doors. Obviously the main deal that Chelsea uh, have been linked with so far is Erling Holland. They've been supposedly going pretty hard uh, to get Holland's team on board. And the UCL win may have convinced Holland that we are a top club that can offer him everything he wants, whereas supposedly previously he wasn't necessarily convinced that uh, Chelsea was his dream destination. Um, Though apparently, according to Duncan Castles, I'm not sure uh, the reliability, I saw some mixed news on that, but Duncan Castles has reported that uh, Rayola wants to insert a get-out clause in Holland's next contract. So wherever he signs... He wants his client to be able to leave at the drop of a hat, I suppose. And you could take that in a negative way and say, if he joins Chelsea, will he pull uh, a Courtois and force an exit uh, to Madrid or, or a team like that? Or I could see that as, you know, through a more positive lens, perhaps we could interpret that as uh, Rayola and Holland being frustrated with the fact that they're not being allowed by Dortmund to complete this move to Chelsea. And they're really pushing, uh, for a transfer to the blues. So take that as you will. Um, but supposedly that deal is just slowly chugging along in the background. I'm still, uh, fully
0: on the Holland hype train. What about you, Rahul? I I am too. And I've, I've seen the news, like you mentioned, it's exciting times because you are being linked to a high-profile youngster that has endless potential at this point. Uh, and he's a finisher, which, and that's something that we need. So it's obviously exciting, but you see the numbers and the figures, and then you see Raiola saying, I want to get out clause. Uh, that just makes you a little bit worried because you know how Raiola is with his clients and the way he deals with the clubs. Uh, but you've got to trust that Marina Czech. Uh, even Roman, uh, know what they're doing and, and they're ready for the drama that comes with uh, dealing with Raiola. But just going back to the Sancho piece real quick, that was that felt like it had been going on for for years and, and summers. But to United's credit, they stuck out and got him for what they thought was the fair price uh, and didn't overpay for him according to their standards. So it's a good deal for them. And they're getting a very good player who, even though is on international duty, uh, is just getting a, a rest and, and getting fit and ready for them for next season.
1: Yeah, I think definitely, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but <laughs> enemies of waistcoat ball would have said that maybe Sancho should have made some appearances for the three Lions, but it looks like they've got the job done. Um, and so one one other quick uh, transfer update on the Chelsea front is our very own Billy Gilmore. No need to panic. It's just a loan. Uh, but he is
0: supposedly headed out uh, to Norwich. Has that been officially confirmed yet? I think they were saying once uh, Billy is out of isolation from his um, positive COVID test, he'll come back to Chelsea or head out to Norwich, I beg your pardon, and sort out the medicals and then they'll be confirmed. So it's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be definitely a good move for his development. And you, Jackie, and I were talking today about how Uh, you know, maybe one of the players who we've been impressed with is uh, Verratti from PSG, who's been impressing with Italy next to Jorginho in the Euros. I think if Billy gets some Premier League playtime and he keeps developing his game as he has, he can be a big, big player. And I think that's the type, the profile of player, shorter, but very mobile, very quick, great passing range and skillful enough on the ball, um, who could be a huge, huge asset. So that's that's all I'm putting that out there right now. I, I think I hope he can be our our homegrown Verratti with with a little bit more development. So we'll see how that goes. But best of luck to Billy at Norwich. I think that'll be good, even though uh, we'll miss him for the season.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And that's a great point is that you said with a little bit more development, uh, even though we'd want him to stay at Chelsea, I think his time would be limited. Uh, and given that we have some other midfielders coming back from loan, Ruben Loftus' cheek, I'm thinking of. Uh, and it's been reported, reported that Tuchel prefers or at least wants to give Loftus teak a chance. Uh, that only pushes Billy a, f- a little bit further down the, the uh, midfielder list. So it's great for him to go out and work with a person in Daniel Farke, uh, the North City manager that knows Tuchel very well. So I'm sure they'll be in touch over Billy's development. And um, I'm excited to see him play regularly for North City next season.
1: Agreed. I think this could be really big for him. Um, and I'm hoping it has, it has similar, a similar outcome as perhaps a Reese James at Wigan uh, where he really yeah, stood absolutely. out and ended up being Wigan's player of the season um, or even Connor Gallagher. Was he at West Brom most recently that yeah. he had yeah. a great, he he seemed to be impressing from all, all that I saw. So um, yeah, good luck to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually Connor Gallagher comes back to Chelsea this summer too. So that's another yep. option in midfield. Uh, But just moving on to the women's side, there was some uh, exciting and positive news coming out from uh, the Chelsea Women's Camp in that they've offered first professional contracts for Emily Orman and Charlotte Wardlaw. So congratulations to both of them. And it's good to see that uh, the women's team, obviously, they have a very strong side. But they're bringing through players through the academy uh, and giving them contracts that they want to keep them at this club and help them grow. So uh, exciting news for both the club and the players.
1: Yeah, that's that's the Chelsea way. I think all of us, all Chelsea fans, have been very happy to see some of our homegrown talents get appreciated finally. Um, and even as a few slip through the cracks, Tamori and maybe Tammy at this point, I think uh, the the success from those who who do make it all the way up is more than worth it. And that's when you know they're they're a true blue. They're playing for the badge. Men's or women's team, they're getting the job done and it's it's more than just a paycheck, more than just a, any other game for them. Right. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, but moving on to a different profession within the sport, uh, there have been some interesting managerial changes in the Premier League, uh, actually both of them on the same day. So uh, Nuno Espirito uh, Sancho, I believe, is going to Spurs, confirmed. Uh, they finally landed a manager. Yeah, this felt like a very long-drawn saga, similar to the Sancho to United portion. Um, yeah. But they, but they have found a manager, and um, I think that's a good move for both uh, Nuno and Spurs. He's a good manager, and he's proven it in the Premier League with Wolves, and he p- takes a squad in Spurs that uh, could perform better than Wolves did if they, you know, work for him.
1: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think he's maybe a slightly better option than some of the names that were even being thrown out beforehand. So I'm a little surprised he ended up being so down the list. I know it's been a bit of a running joke in recent weeks. The number of managers Tottenham have been going through negotiations with trying to get in contracts with managers who have rejected Tottenham. I think Antonio Conte was one very high profile one where he just had a fundamental disagreement and pulled out pretty late in the talks. But yeah, I think, Oh, he also dropped. I believe was it a, was it him who dropped the, the gem of the line that was uh, at at Chelsea. Winning is an expectation, yeah. but at Tottenham, <laughs> it's a hope. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you know it's it's certainly been a tough saga for Spurs fans. I saw one one tweet saying, "Breaking news: Zidane is learning English so he can react to <laughs> Tottenham." Um, no, no hate to my Spurs supporters out there. I'm glad you got uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. And not he dope. is, yeah. yeah, and he is uh, quite an accomplished manager, as Rahul was saying. This this is a good move, um, and he may, hopefully, if not maybe for us as Chelsea fans, but hopefully for the good of the Spurs fans out there, Daniel Levy will loosen his pockets a little bit, and uh, Nuno can get some backing because I think he could be a very good manager. And I've always actually wondered. I've had these debates with a lot of people with my dad uh, about whether a manager, say a Pep type manager could succeed at a smaller team, traditionally speaking, with a lower budget. Pep actually has been pretty humble. He says, no, I win because of my players. <laughs> um, but this is maybe a case of the opposite. If Spurs can go and back him, you see, hey, can can a manager who's really succeeded and maybe overperformed with a traditionally less prestigious club um, really make it at a at a larger one? So this will be a fun one to watch.
0: Absolutely. And he just has one little headache to solve in Harry Kane. But Once he gets past that, he should uh, have a good squad at his disposal with the additions that Spurs make. But uh, in other news, and this one was very interesting because Rafa Benitez, formerly of Liverpool, has joined Everton Football Club as their new manager. So uh, Benitez, who formerly also was at Chelsea, uh, didn't get the most welcoming reception from his time. uh, You know, when he was at Liverpool, he had some colorful things to say about Chelsea and their fans and players and then he joined us he's had similar history with Everton he even went as far as saying they were a small club (laughs) so he takes a job and I think the pressure on him starts from day one because he's not only got to win his own fans but he's also got to get the results on the pitch and live up to what Carlo Ancelotti did
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Again, this is box office stuff, calling a club small and then moving there to manage them. It's kind of crazy. I guess words come back around to bite you these days, but you know, you have to hope that he does pretty well. Um, I hope to see Everton, Everton clicking, but there's no guarantee of that. Uh, And he's got a
0: tough task ahead of him, as you said. He definitely does. And there's one last one that hasn't been confirmed, uh, but I hear... Vieira, formerly of Arsenal, uh, is getting close to a move to Crystal Palace. So, we'd spoken about Lampard going to Crystal Palace. It looks like uh, they've gone in a different direction and they're going for Vieira. So, we'll keep a close eye on that one. And once it's confirmed, we'll uh, obviously report back and, and let you guys know what we think of it. But we do have the Euros going on, Alex. And I know you've been watching the games pretty closely, even though you were up in the mountains last weekend. Uh, you kept a close eye on them. Did you find any goats out there, aka Christian Pulisic? <laughs> I did. I, I climbed a mountain to find find some goats, and
1: and Christian Pulisic was one of them. So there okay, you go. I, it was good. I was I was up in the mountains, but keeping up as much as I could. I got to watch a fair number of the games, and there were some serious, seriously
0: interesting results that I think suck all of our sunk all of our brackets. Yeah, I, I don't even want to touch my bracket, but you're, you're absolutely right. And it started off with a, a good win for Denmark, who came in uh, from their last fixture where they won, uh, I believe it was 5-1 or 4-1 uh, in the group stages. And then they came in and backed it up with a 4-0 win against Wales, uh, which, yes, we expected Denmark and and Jackie himself had said they would have a fairy tale run all the way to the final. But I don't think he expected a four nil win against Wales and that sets them up pretty well for the next round. And, and, looking at the way that things are going, they could actually make it to the final. So uh, not getting ahead of ourselves, just a little bit on Denmark. What were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I, that's
1: just honestly impressive. I think at this point they were certainly with the Ericsson incident and all that drama. I think a lot of people sort of enjoyed the fact that Denmark, uh, qualified for the knockouts yeah. I think there were everyone's maybe second team for a little while now obviously there are a couple teams that could be vying for that but I really impressive from them especially um, and you want to give credit to the players who are there but especially having when the player who they lost to that crazy medical uh, fiasco yeah. is probably who most of us would have regarded as their best player yeah. um, it's all the more impressive I mean that's that's like talking about you know, Chelsea a couple of years ago losing Hazard. Guess it worked out kind of well for us there. But maybe <laughs> maybe Denmark can have have similar success and continue and get this one done uh, in their name of their good buddy Christian Eriksen. I think it would be a feel-good story. And I'm sure honestly, even fans of rival nations, if they had to be knocked out, a fairy tale knockout at the hands of Denmark is not the worst, uh, you know, the worst suffering one could imagine. I think most fans out there will be pleased to see them doing this well.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think they're, they've come together as a group, like we've said, and I think they've just said, let's just give it a good go and see where we end up. And if it's quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, uh, we'll make ourselves and, and Christian Eriksen and the rest of the nation proud. So uh, we'll be watching them and, and rooting for them in the upcoming games. But uh, the next game was Italy versus Austria. And I know you picked Italy to go all the way through. Uh, they did give you a little bit of scare in that game, uh, but they came through and won it two one.
1: Yeah, I was I was actually I was out hiking during the beginning of this game, and then I came back. Um, I, I came back and and the TV was on. It was I believe it was nil nil at that point, and I saw I saw an offside goal for Austria, um, and I I was seriously scared at that point, but VAR AR saved me somehow. I'm still backing my Italians, Forza, Azuri, but <laughs> I, they came back. They got it done, and a lot of people were, were talking after that game. They were saying, oh, Italy weren't as good as we hoped. Uh, this, this shows that Italy aren't actually as strong as it looked because um, Italy did very well throughout the group stages. They were keeping clean sheets. They won all their matches. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, this is tournament footy. This is what we, right. this, what we do. This is what we love. It's a one-game thing. And you've seen with some of these upsets that I'm sure we're going to get into, I mean, even even with with Denmark coming out and grabbing four goals out of nowhere um, and, and some other big game teams getting knocked out. This is not it's not a walk in the park. Uh, I would say even even more so this, this is sort of where the better team doesn't even really matter over the course of 90 minutes because it could be a handball call an own goal own goal being the leading goal scorer of this year's Euros. Um, It could be any number of little factors that decide a game. So I don't think we should be discrediting Italy. They got the job done. They're into the next round. It is what it is.
0: It is what it is, like you said. And it's all about getting the job done and moving to the next game where Netherlands didn't get the job done. uh, This was, I think, the first major upset of this round, of the round of 16, where they... Uh, Netherlands went down 2-0 to Czech Republic, and you've got to give Czech Republic the credit uh, in that they set up in a way that they knew they could stop Netherlands from scoring. Netherlands had been scoring two to three goals in their group stage games, uh, and they come in and Czech, Czech Republic shuts them out. And obviously, they get a little bit of help from that red card for Dilit, uh, which I don't know what he was thinking but that was absolutely a red card and, and, and rightly given. But Czech Republic took advantage of their chances and went for it and uh, make it to the quarterfinals. But touching on Netherlands, this is a huge disappointment for them, especially after the start they had in the group stages.
1: Yeah, they I, I would say this is a situation where the criticism that was leveled at Italy for getting through needs to be leveled at the Netherlands for not getting through. Right. Because <laughs> Every game is going to be difficult when national teams, especially, I mean, we know international football is, is a very passionate thing. The fans get behind them. You feel like the country is watching you because they are the players go out and try everything to win these games. So winning any game underdog or heavy favorite, it doesn't really matter. It's just to get the job done, especially in the knockouts. doesn't matter if it's pretty. um, And, you know that's how it went. The Czech Republic got it done, and the Netherlands huge questions uh, for them. I think Frank de Boer was already didn't he, he? I heard he was ste- he stepped
0: down right. and or was fired. Do you have any idea which one of those two was I, I, true? <laughs> I heard he stepped down, but it could it could very well be that he was fired. So uh, it's a little concerning for me in that Netherlands missed the last World Cup. They come into this, they've qualified for the Euros, but then they have a disappointing showing. So it's really like where do they go from here? Uh, And only time will tell. But at least for the Czech Republic, this fairy tale continues in that they make it to the quarterfinals. And I don't think many would have expected that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be one to watch for
0: sure. Yeah. Uh, Moving to the next game. And this was the heavyweight clash between Belgium and Portugal. And I think most of us thought Belgium would take it. But it was a tight game. And it came down to the one goal uh, for Belgium from Thorgan Hazard. Uh, And even Aiden Hazard tweeted after and said, Dorgan is the better hazard in the family. Uh, But Belgium deserved it. They scored the goal and shut out Ronaldo, who stays on 109 international goals. Uh, And he was pretty frustrated, but he is going to get that record at some point. But your thoughts on this game, Alex?
1: Yeah, I I watched little bits and pieces of this one. Um, I was tuning in as I was driving home with a friend for the weekend, and it was not the most engaging for, for large periods. Um, but once again, I mean, obviously for entertainment's sake, we want the games to be all over the place. We want them to be crazy. And we certainly got that later on. Um, but this was, you know, this was a case of Belgium going out and getting the job done. That's the, that's the beauty of it, especially of their depth. That's the reason that they're the number one ranked team in the world. I believe. Yeah. Um, I think they're still currently number one, ranked. Yeah. all eyes are on Eden Hazard, KDB, Lukaku, and you've got Thorgan, uh, who, as Hazard jokingly said, is the better Hazard. Well, on that day, Hazard, oh, I can't even say Hazard. Eden was extremely good. Thorgan though gets the goal, so that's that's the danger of of a team like Belgium. Every single one of their players is top notch. Uh, Thorgan makes the difference, and they get the job done. I thought it was you know exactly what they needed to do. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less and they're through to the next round.
0: They are, and the only disappointment for Belgium was the injuries that De Bruyne and Hazard picked up. So uh, it's going to be close for them to make it to the next game. But moving on to the following day, which you said we were looking for entertainment, we were looking for goals, we were looking for games to be all over the place. Well, this day, Monday, delivered that to the T and even more. So Croatia-Spain game you would think you know spain should win and and cruise through ended up being spain five croatia <laughs> three and i i was had this game on i was working obviously but i had the game on in the background and every time i looked up there was a goal yeah and that's just how this game went i mean croatia i think um had the lead i believe or yeah, maybe may be misspeaking, but I think they had the lead in Spain stormed back and then Croatia stormed back and it just was back and forth and and it was all out entertainment.
1: It was. I yeah, you are you're correct. It was I'm just looking back right now at the stories I was posting during that. It <laughs> Spain was all over it. They were missing chances left and right and then out of absolutely nothing came that crazy crazy own goal. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um where Pedri passes it back pretty hard but still straight at his goalkeeper the ball bounces a little bit but i mean let's be honest this is a ball anyone should control the keeper uh unai simon i believe was not quite didn't quite have his head in the right spot um he was already looking up for the next pass and the ball just dinks over his foot straight into the goal it was a shocker and croatia were 1-0 up out of absolutely nothing Um, Then Spain equalized. It was 1-1 at the half. That's when I put up a survey that said, who do you think will win? And I forgot to change it from (laughs) yes or no. And people were breaking down the tactical analyses of why yes versus no uh, is is a thrilling uh, encounter. But yeah, then it was Spain up 2-1, thanks to our very own uh, blue Capitan, Azpilicueta. Yeah. um then i spain went up 3-1 and then croatia fought back and then spain's quality shown through in added time but what a thriller that was um and i was telling my friend who i i forced to keep up with the belgium portugal game uh, which was not quite a thriller i was telling him oh we watched the wrong game but he said he got to catch some of that i think so great yeah. entertainment for us as fans
0: absolutely and uh even alvaro morata got a goal in this game so he's opened his account and I think he scores and and delivers when he doesn't have much time to think because this finish from him in this great game was just stunning Uh, and so I hope for his sake he gets a couple more goals and and they can progress into the latter stages but we move on to the next game and and similar to you I was talking to one of my coworkers who called me after the Croatia Spain game and he goes wow what a game and I go yeah like I don't think that's going to happen in the next game because France should be cruising through. (laughs) And two hours later, he calls me and says, so what were you saying? Uh, Because France made a meal out of this game. They went down 1-0. They gave away a penalty to Switzerland, who they missed, obviously. Then they stormed back France, do and go 3-1 up. And then it becomes 3-3. And you're thinking, where did that come from? Because France were in cruise control at 3-1 up.
1: Yeah, that was absolutely out of nowhere. And it was, I also, I, I totally did not expect to have two crazy good games in one day. Uh, people are describing that as one of the best days of international Definitely. Uh, footy in, in recent history. That was crazy. Um, but I, I had to leave for a brief period and I come back and there, Lloris has saved a Swiss <laughs> penalty kick. Benzema's grabbed two goals in two minutes essentially um, and then I came back and I watched Pogba absolutely bang one top bins do about 15 different celebrations. <laughs> it looked, it looked like, not to sound like Graham soonest, let's be real, but it it, it looked great. They were, they were cruising and Golo was looking fantastic as well. Um, the whole France team looked like they really had it. And then out of absolutely nowhere, uh, Switzerland did it. I actually, I think I put up a I might've put up a story that was like my predictions looking pretty good. Maybe that was in the prior one, but you can't speak too soon because Switzerland leveled it up. And then even with the last kick of regular time, Kingsley Coman hits a volley or half volley that just rifles off the bar inches from being a beautiful winning goal to make it four, three, but they go through
0: and I'm sure we all know what happened next. Yeah. And it went to penalties and, uh, Switzerland won at 5 4 with Mbappe missing the crucial penalty. And Mbappe didn't have a good tournament. We've got to be honest. He honest, he didn't get a goal. Uh he did get a couple of assists, but he didn't show up when France needed him to. And he, that was that was proven by the penalty miss in, in this game. And you just had a feeling when he stepped up that he was going to miss this. They I don't know about you, but I was watching that and I'm thinking, I don't think he scores this. You just didn't get that confidence from him. And no, um it's it's one of his first moments where he's going to be low and down because since his his uh, season he broke up with Monaco, uh, and then moved to PSG, won the World Cup, made it to a few Champions League finals. But for his nation, I think this is this is where he goes he goes down in the sense that he's going to have to bounce back from this. Uh, and I think at a young age, you kind of need that humbling sometimes. Uh, so it's going to be interesting how he bounces back from it.
1: Yeah, it is really interesting. Like you were saying, when you come from such great highs in your career, I mean, that's almost like, it's sort of like what uh, Thomas Tuchel was saying when he talked to Abramovich and said, this is the best possible time I could be talking to him. Right. I just won the championship. He can only get worse from here. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about. He was how old, how old was he when he won the world cup 2018? He would have been nine.
0: Yeah. He, he was a teenager.
1: Was he 19 or 18? Either way, it's kind of ridiculous to imagine winning the World Cup in your teens and being a star. Yeah, there you go, and yeah. a star standout player in your teens, bringing home the most prestigious trophy, really in the world, club or or country. This is right. the big one. You, you have to then, at that point, say, where do you go from there? You need to settle down, <laughs> reset your focus, and you have to just try to keep winning, but. They clearly did not quite have the mental fortitude to hold on to that lead, even though it did look like they were cruising. So credit, though, credit to Switzerland. I yes, think yes. everyone everyone appreciated that fight back. And that is yet another
0: feel-good underdog story that we could see coming into the next rounds. Definitely. And they almost didn't qualify for the group stages. They had to play the last game in the group stages and win that big and they did, and then they make it and they knock out the world champions. So, absolutely credit to them. And then the final two games of this round uh, England versus Germany, England to Germany nil. Uh, and I put up the story after this game on, on the Premier Chelsea account. Does Alex owe Southgate an apology? So, I have the man here himself. Does Alex owe Southgate an apology? <laughs> I
1: don't personally. <laughs> You know, my dad said it best. He was, he was talking to me after the game and he said, it's amazing how one late win (laughs) in a knockout game and everybody in England is suddenly convinced that Southgate is 2005 Jose Mourinho. Um, I think it's, you know, credit to England, but I, I have to say, I feel like this is purely down to the quality of the players on the pitch. I uh, I'm so unqualified to criticize Southgate, seeing as my own knowledge of the game come uh, game management, perhaps comes probably from FIFA and watching it on TV. So you know, I'm not the professional here. If he logs into a Zoom call, someone said, if you were on a video call, would you still criticize him? And I hey said that, no. Yeah. I backtrack like crazy <laughs> and just just ask him questions. questions. Yeah, but but I still think he's just not doing tactically the best he could do with this golden generation of England youngsters. And I think it would be a mistake to reward the current performances, the the performances England have put out with a renewed contract or something like that. I don't think he's the one to take England as far as they can go into the World Cup Um, because they started with what? Another seven defensive players. You've got crazy attacking talent. And I will say though, I, as I said before, the job is to get from one round to the next round. Pretty is great for the fans, but it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't it have doesn't, to be beautiful. It doesn't. Yeah. So you know, ugly wins trophies, and you know what? If they finesse this this trophy,
0: <laughs>
1: credit to them. But I think it is really just down to the
0: players. It is, and you saw that after the first half, where Timo Werner should have scored. For Jeremy, he should have put it over Pickford instead of at Pickford. Uh, And then in the second half, Muller goes one on one and puts it wide. And when does that ever happen with him? So, yeah, uh, England definitely did ride their luck a little bit. But then the players, like you said, he brought on Grealish. He uh, made some changes to that lineup and was able to get the result, which to his credit is the job of the manager to fix it when or to make changes when things aren't going the way you want them to. Uh, and now he faces no disrespect to the teams coming up, but he has a good route to the final. Now the real test begins: is can England live up to that expectation against a Germany side where maybe England were underdogs to a certain extent? They came through, uh, but in the game against Scotland, where they should have won, they didn't, and against uh, Croatia and Czech Republic, they only won by one. So you're 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 absolutely right in that some of these wins are covering some cracks that were exposed in previous rounds and previous games uh, but if he wins this I don't think anyone in England is going to care about it so it's Absolutely. definitely an interesting time to be an England fan and see what they can put out for the rest of the tournament but coming to the last game of this round Sweden won Ukraine too uh, and this was one of those games where you knew it was going to be tight both teams defensively uh, trying to say stall it and then Sweden pick up a red card and I think that's really where it changed But for Ukraine, they grabbed the gold right at the end. I was thinking, all right, this is going to go to penalties and I'm trying to go out, go do some stuff out of the house. How am I going to watch it? And then Ukraine saved the day for me. Uh, But not much more to say about that. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that Sweden game. I don't think so. I didn't watch that one too closely. Um,
1: I did see there was quite a bit of controversy surrounding the red card. I actually still need to go watch that um, because I, all I saw was a still image, which looks crazy. Of course it looks crazy bad when you see a um, a studs going into a player's essentially his knee and his leg buckling backwards. But I did see people saying that he hit the ball first and the other player came out of where he couldn't see. He was blindsided by it. It, I saw a lot of debate, which I thought was unusual because for a call that uh, that looks that clear cut from a still yeah, image. Yeah. I was amazed there was debate, but who knows? I'll have to take a look at that later. But I think, you know, once again, credit to Ukraine, these wins, these games, it would be wonderful if they were all a five, three uh, Spain, Croatia type game, but it doesn't have to be super pretty. And this one certainly had its drama uh, with the very late goal. And we had our our guy Shevchenko. Uh, he looked very pumped on the sidelines. So that was good to see. Um, it was enjoyable and You know, they're on to the next round. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun, fun, fun uh next round to watch.
0: It it definitely is. And uh just before we move on to the next round, our Jackie and my brackets are busted because we picked France to win it. (laughs) Um so we're all hanging on to you, Alex, because Italy are still in it and could potentially make it to the final and win it. So for your sake, uh and for our sake, for the premier chelsea's sake, I hope Italy do make it, but Moving on to the quarterfinals, uh, the stage is set and it starts with Switzerland versus Spain uh, and both teams coming off by scoring at least three goals in their last game. Uh, and Spain, as good as they've been going forward, they have conceded a few goals. Uh, they've scored 10 goals in the last two games, obviously conceded the three against Croatia. Uh, so, does Switzerland here have a chance if they stay tight and pick up the goals? I forget their their star striker who's been banging in the goals. Uh, oh, Seferovic. what's
1: his name? I, it, oh, it reminded – it had a – I need to find this. I yeah. need to find this. Is Yeah, I, I don't know. I personally do think Spain have what it takes. What's his name? Seferovic. I was going to say Stefanovic. Okay, <laughs> Seferovic. Yeah. There we go. He's – yeah there's no reason and as we've seen with all these upsets we've seen with switzerland beating i mean if switzerland beat france it's kind of crazy to say that they couldn't beat spain right right i i almost feel like um i almost feel like spain are coming into form uh if you could call it that at the right time obviously spain not super defensively sound Um, but the fact that they're actually finding goals where previously their issue was just a complete inability to create and finish dangerous chances. I think um, actually, I guess it really was the finishing because some of the games I was watching, they were making chances, but Murata was not (laughs) doing too hot. Um, I, I do think it's not a hot take, but I think Spain come away with this one. I think they're coming into form at the right time. And I don't think, Maybe they'll prove me wrong. I don't think Switzerland have it in them to pull off another massive upset, but we'll see. That's the magic of
0: this game. It, it is. And on paper, you're right. Spain should be winning this, but you just don't know on the day. And, and uh, like we be seen in the Netherlands game and the Sweden game, a red card can change everything uh, for either team. So it's definitely going to be interesting, but I think I also have to go with Spain at this point, just because of the quality they have in that squad. Uh, moving on to the next game, Belgium versus Italy. And I know who you're gonna pick, but for the sake of the argument, uh, this could go either way because Belgium, if they even if they don't have de Bruyne and Hazard, like you said, they do have a deep squad, uh, and they can put in players like um Mertens, they can put in uh, I forget the guy from Atletico Madrid. Uh, Carrasco. Carrasco. Yep. And then they have to organize her. Like we mentioned, Lukaku, our Michi is there who always pops up with a goal when you need him. Uh, so this is going to be a tricky tie. And and if I had to pick one, I'm obviously going to pick Italy for your sake. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to see a good game and see um, a few goals going. Yeah, I think I, I agree. This could be a close one. I f-
1: certainly normally you would say losing two players as good as kevin de bruyne and eden hazard would be a game changer but for whatever reason in this particular clash being i get i can't pretend to be super tied to italy um but certainly they're they're the team i've been backing got the the slight italian roots i've chosen to back them all the way from the beginning i might add um i i don't feel any more at ease with those two big names out for Belgium, because as you said, they can put together an entire, uh, an entire squad filled with players who are top, top quality. They're playing at the top teams, top leagues, Dortmund, Atletico Madrid. These are, this is no joke of a squad. There's a reason Belgium are first in the FIFA world rankings. Um, And I, I almost feel like it becomes a tighter game when you don't have those stars Um, because stars can decide a game. They can be good, they can be bad, they can perform, they can not perform. I think this could be a real old-fashioned slug fest, but I hope it's a good one. And I've in my fantasy team now got Immobile and (laughs) Lukaku. So I'm I'm hedging my bets there. But hopefully my guy Chiro comes through with some
0: goals because I'm back in Italy in this one, I believe. Yeah, definitely. And then moving on to the other side of the bracket, we've got Czech Republic versus Denmark. Now, two fairy tale stories, two game, two teams that I don't think anybody expected to be at this stage, but here they are, and they've earned it. They aren't there just because other teams haven't been uh, performing. They've done well to beat other teams and get to this stage. So this should be a fun game in that they, both teams are going to go for it, and I don't think it's going to be as tight. But then again. You never know with Denmark they've been free scoring and keeping clean sheets. So uh, if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with Denmark, but what are your thoughts on it?
1: I agree. I think, you know, it's wishful thinking, perhaps. I would love to see that Denmark fairy tale continue. I know Jackie has them going all the way to the final. I, I believe I had them getting knocked out by, uh, by the Netherlands, which obviously isn't even a possibility at this point. So I would love to see them go go through though, and I think they have it in them. We've seen our boy Andreas Christensen putting in some serious shifts at defensive midfield. Apparently, I haven't actually
0: yeah uh, seen that. how
1: well yeah has he uh, and clearly he has a goal in him now too. Apparently, he's oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony Rudiger must have was, must have been whispering in his ear the ghosts of Tony Rudiger because apparently now he's ripping thirty five yard zingers. <laughs> in. They're actually going in. So maybe he can teach uh, Tony a bit of the the accuracy on that front for Chelsea. But I hope I hope and believe that Denmark can go through. But then you have you have that guy Schick, who seems to be coming up uh, clutch for the check.
0: Yeah, he's he's been doing well. I might add him to my fantasy team. I'm not sure. I haven't made my final picks yet. But the final game of the quarterfinals is England versus Ukraine. Uh, and on paper, this should be an England win. No disrespect to Ukraine. They've been good. They've done well so far, but England with the players, like you said, the squad depth, uh, even with the players that he doesn't pick, he has them available to come off the bench. This should be a tough ask for Ukraine, but we've seen England make meals out of these games in the past. So uh, I'm going to go with England, but if they aren't careful, they will definitely get surprised by Ukraine.
1: Yeah. There's no, there's no easy game in the knockouts of a tournament this big. And I, I agree. England have to take this if they want to be taken seriously, because there's the quality they have, how hyped their fans have been getting. Um, There's, there's been serious. It's coming home (laughs) shouts across social media stadiums everywhere, all across the UK and the world. So I think, England need to get this win and they need to get, they need to get it pretty emphatically, I think, um, because it's time for them to have a truly convincing performance. They squeaked by Germany. That was good. But as we've said, Germany almost lost that game just as much as England won it. Kai Havertz, if his, if his blazing volley is an inch or two to one side or the other Pickford probably doesn't get there. If Mueller keeps his head on and slots that away as he's done countless times in his career, they have the equalizer. I think they were not lucky because the players put in a shift and, and got the job done. They were not necessarily lucky to be Germany, but they, they rode their luck. As you said, it took, it took a little bit of fortune. I think they need to actually go out and finally put in a statement performance because they have not done that yet. And if they don't, Southgate needs to go, if they don't get.
0: It. <laughs> you're right. And like you were saying with Spain, I think England need to start coming into some kind of form it's great to get the wins and like you said at the end of the day if it's not pretty but you win and make it to the next round it doesn't matter but for england to face the likes of ukraine and then in the next round maybe a czech republic or denmark they need to have some confidence and and flow to their game saying we're going to go into this game we can get a goal or two and then if we defend we're into the final into after the next game so i think a good performance they play this game in rome against ukraine they come back and then they have the semifinal in London at Wembley and then the final itself in London. So from that point forward, it's just home games for them. Uh, and so they've they've definitely got a good platform to build off of and it just comes down to what Southgate puts out and how much he lets his players play. And speaking of players, we've got Mason Mount and Chilwell back with the squad training and we haven't seen any Sighting of Chilwell in this tournament which is sad in a way because he's had a good season for Chelsea he's capped it off with the Champions League and then unfortunately comes to England COVID protocols keep him out and now I think he's fighting uh, with Luke Shaw he's fighting with Trippier who's been playing at left back so do you think we see a sighting of Chilwell in this game or at least in the rest of the tournament?
1: I'd love to say yes but I don't think we do certainly not in this game and it's just uh, the it's full credit to Luke Shaw because he's been fantastic. I think going into this tournament, maybe being a bit biased as a Chelsea fan, right. I was certainly saying I'd call it a 50, 50. They're both fantastic. Maybe Shaw was better over the course of the season as a whole, but yeah. both, both really had a good year. And Chillwell, well, yeah. as you said, capped it off with the UCL win. So I think that was a toss up totally going into the tournament but now that Shaw has put in a really strong performance, I think he had an assist at least. He did, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so a crazy strong performance against Germany to get you uh, through a knockout game. I think there's no way you drop Luke Shaw, and I can't blame them for that. So, you know, hopefully Chilwell gets a um, – I hope he gets a look-in at some point, maybe in the next game, maybe if Shaw gets tired, they they sub Chilwell so far, on. Yeah. I'm looking for my boy Mason Mount to come back into the starting lineup and and get this done. I'm hoping, um, hopefully, if he truly is the manager's son, this is the time to cash in on it. Get right back into the lineup and show what he can do, because he's been good.
0: He, he has, and I, I, for his sake, and I think for Chilwell and Rhys James, I would like to see them feature a little bit more, but um, not our decision, and we've got to support England and, and see where they end up in this tournament. Uh, but just quickly on the semifinals, it's the way it's set up is the winner of Switzerland or Spain will face the winner of Belgium or Italy. So uh, not the easiest tie if you're Spain or Belgium or Italy or Switzerland. And then on the other side, like I said, it's Czech Republic, Denmark or versus the winner of England and Ukraine. So England, again, not to not to keep beating a dead horse, but they have the path to the final. They've just got to come out and perform and win games and make it, make it to it. So uh, we'll keep a close eye on it. And we'll be back next week to do the semifinals preview with Jackie, who unfortunately didn't make it into this uh, episode, but he will be back next week. But before we run it off, Alex, we've got to touch on our fantasy Euroleague. We've mentioned it a few times. There has been some movement at the top and our, Friend Haka Army has taken over first spot with 285 points. Oh,
1: he's yeah, he came absolutely steaming out of nowhere, and you can tell. Match day three, he went absolutely insane with a captain of the pie, Havertz seven points, Perisic ten points, Kevin De Bruyne six points, an eight-point defender, a six-point defender, Unai Simone on six and goal. Mikel Damsgaard who I could not have told you existed <laughs> grabbed 15 uh, well 15 points total eight points that week so an 81 point match day three and a 57 point round of 16 Haka army and it looks like that's that's from Sagar Ghosh impressive very impressive, impressive. well done um, and closely followed though by Giroud Sandstorm who has been up at the top um, actually not actually that close. If if you look There's at it, a little it, more bit of gap, yeah, yeah, more than a thirty point lead. So we'll see if Giroux Sandstorm can can come in clutch in the quarterfinals. But thank you to everyone. Do you want to reveal our places in this league, which <laughs> are not too pretty at the moment?
0: I, I yeah, we should just in in just the banter and and keeping things open. So. Uh, I think the last time you were somewhere in the 30s, 20s, 30s, I believe. Yeah, I didn't Uh, quite break the 20s. (laughs) Not yet, but uh, you've made it into the 60s. I believe you're sitting in 61st, excuse me. And then I had a pretty decent turnaround because I was sitting in, I believe, the 100s or Late 90s, and I'm now into 72. So I think you were 99, right? Or like that. So I've I've covered some ground here, and then Jackie has also covered some ground, but he sits in 83. So we're kind of you know just making up the numbers here and letting Haka Army and Jerusalem sandstorm do their thing. Uh, but it's been good fun, and and I gotta finalize my team for the next round where I might have to use my wild card because I've lost a few players. Uh, in this round of 16 but it's been good fun and we continue to uh, enjoy it uh, but any parting thoughts from you Alex before we wrap this up I don't think so I think maybe maybe this would be a fun
1: thing to try out for the Premier League season because I've I've got a little more confidence in myself there <laughs> this one international tournament I'm not the most knowledgeable I'll, I'll let the the big boys fight it out but come come the Premier League season the Premier Chelsea
0: uh hosts we will be in there we'll, we'll, we'll be slugging it out at the top oh, <laughs> yeah. i hope so i hope so with the likes of holland and sancho and havertz and our team well, there's no easy stopping picks. us <laughs> easy picks definitely but that wraps it up guys thank you very much for listening please continue to subscribe like and follow us it's at the premier chelsea on apple spotify google instagram and youtube uh, and on twitter it's at premier chelsea and um, uh, at, please follow Alex, it's at Pulisic FC 22. Uh, and as always, send us your feedback and we will be back to do the preview of the semifinals as well as bring you the latest transfer news. Uh, but until then, stay safe and up the Chels.